Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hey there, Inside the Firm listeners. This week was another busy week. Uh, I have been working, this is Lance, I've been working uh, 14 days straight now uh, at about 12 hours a clip, uh, a little bit less on the weekends, but just trying to wrap up this development project. And uh, Alex and I did not record together inside the firm, uh, primarily because of uh, we're both working so much uh, out, out there with the development. But the other reason why is because Alex was the keynote speaker at the AIA Lower Rio Grande Valley uh, conference. So it was really exciting. Um, we had hoped that we could cut his live stream up and do a special podcast uh, episode with that, but weren't able to do it. Um, something went wrong with their Instagram account, and uh, we did not get the live stream ripped. So either way, he had a great discussion. Uh, this is a special episode. He had a great discussion with um, Sergio Lanez, who is, uh, as far as what I know, he's the uh, organizer of the AIA Lower Rio Grande uh, Valley Conference this year. So I hope you enjoy it. As always, you know, you get to hear Alex's beautiful golden voice. Before we get into it, we know that planning architecture can be difficult, encompassing multiple projects and involving several team members. Keeping everyone's duties and data in order can be difficult, and an email thread just won't cut it. That's why ArtCat.com, the number one most used website for finding building product information, developed Charette, a free online tool that will help you organize and collaborate, assign team members to tasks, share your ideas. You can even use ArtCat's free library of product information to attach relevant proposals or build and outline specifications. After you're done, you can then publish your project into an online portfolio that will advertise your firm's work to the world. See if Charette's the right tool for you at artcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Start building better content today. And last but certainly not least, as a Dell partner, inside the firm listeners and their firms are eligible for valuable discounts on Dell technology products and services. As a matter of fact, inside the firm here, Lance, I can't wait to get our new laptop from Dell as part of our Dell partnership um, and share all the experience with you and recommend that specific model because it is going to be fantastic. So visit dell.com forward slash inside the firm and select the technology you need to fuel your business. You can also call the Dell team at 1-800-757-8442 and a Dell tech advisor will assist in placing your order and applying your member discount. Again, that's 1-800-757-8442. Please identify yourself as an Inside the Firm listener when you give them a call and provide your member ID during the call, and you'll get our special discount. All right, here we go. All right, this is Alex Gore. I am here with Outland Psycho because I'm in uh, the lower Rio Grande Valley, but it's just called the Rio Grande Valley, and I'm here at their AIA convention, the Buildings Community Convention. And I'm here with, I know I'm going to mess up your name, and I'm going to do it the whole time, Sergio. How do you really say your name? Sergio. Yep. <laughs> but I'm sure you probably get that a lot. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and what is your role here? 
So my full name is Sergio Lainez. Um, I am the Building Communities Conference chair. So I'm in charge of putting the conference together this year for our chapter. Um, and when I knew I was going to be in charge of it, I had heard you guys' podcast and I said, you know what? I think my uh, members, because I was past president last year, so I was like, my, my chapter, my members need to hear about you guys and hear your story. And I think uh, I was enthusiastic to invite you and hopefully you guys would accept it and you accept it and uh, now we're here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm speaking here. That, that, that's what I'm doing here, um, which is great. But let's back up a little bit. Between when you were younger, you grew up around here. You can name the town. But what was your decision? When did you know that you wanted to become an architect? And then bring us through your kind of college years. All right. So I grew up in Brownsville. I'm originally from Nicaragua. So I'm the American immigrant story. Uh, came here when I was five. Went through public school, um, and it was actually in like first grade. My mom has drawings and pictures where I'm just drawing houses and saying I'm going to be an architect. Really. And middle school, I'm going to be an architect. High school, I went through a what they call a magnet school. Uh, we learned to draft. We learned to uh, do AutoCAD, and I'm going to be an architect. Uh, so when it came to graduation. I chose Texas Tech, and they had a dual architecture and civil engineering degree. And because I wasn't too sure whether it was architecture and engineering at the time in high school, because uh, uh, that magnet program was mainly engineering. So I was like, oh, engineering, but I really like architecture. And then when I was in college, I did two years of the dual, and I got to calculus three. And I said, this isn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) Some people, it it just clicks and it's not for me too. And do you sometimes get when people go, oh, I want to be an architect, but I couldn't do the math. And you're like, well, you should have tried. (laughs) Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I send a, I I always post, there's always a post like, people always tell me I want to be an architect, but I'm not good at math. You don't have to be a good at math. Just, just do it. Go, go, go. And, uh, it's funny because, uh, so we, I dropped the engineering and I had done too much math, and so I actually finished my undergrad sooner because of that. Uh, so I did it in three and a half years, the undergrad program, and then my advisor's like, hey, stick around for your master's because you really need a master's to get licensed here in Texas because there's the five-year, pr- five-year degree and the four-year degree. I didn't know this, and so you know, to your listeners, yeah. make sure uh, you young kids that are going to college know the difference between a five-year and a four-year degree. My four-year degree didn't qualify for a license, so I had to stick around and do my master's. But luckily, he offered me a dual in, dual program where you got your master's in architecture and a master's in business administration. Best decision of my life. Uh, the business knowledge I got, as well as the uh, acknowledgement that what we've learned through architecture school applies not just to architecture and design, but through life, through other uh, businesses, through other roles that you're going to play uh, in your life. And, you know, uh, our, our architecture students were blowing these business kids out of the waters in presentations, in even just dressing up and just being being good presenters, being good students. Like, they, we just blew them out of the water and everything. It's crazy how much just a little bit of visualization will totally transform either an, an audience or, or your critics. Um, because I went, I got my master's degree in construction management. 
And I remember doing my thesis and, and you know, writing. And maybe writing isn't my strong suit, which is fine. Right. I, I think I'm probably okay at it, but maybe mediocre. And then I give the presentation. And obviously, I have an architecture background. And I was always already at Studio Daniel Liebskin. So they go, holy cow. <laughs> we didn't know this is what you were thinking. Right. And, and, and that's, that's a caveat. That's like a tip of our hat to all the it architects around, around here. Because what, what we're doing is we're building, bringing buildings to life. But what the world wants is ideas to come to life. And yes. you already have that skill. Yes. And the other thing is what they don't tell you in architecture school is you have to sell yourself every day. Um, yes, your portfolio matters. But a lot of my interactions with clients are face to face. They don't care what pretty picture you have. They want to hear you talk. They want you to be presentable and they want to make sure that they're hiring the right person. And if you can't speak correctly or speak their language, then you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to find that people aren't going to want to hire you. And especially down here, it's face to face, lunch meetings, dinner meetings, whatever type of mean campaign meetings. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been through the gamut, uh, you know, and you learn from it. You learn from things you should say in public and things you shouldn't. Yep. And, and, and think about how much people invest in researching when they buy a car, right? How much safety and ratings costs, feel all this stuff. And they want to know that they're going to be taken care of right? Think about how much more they're spending than a car. Exactly. And they're literally buying you. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what they're paying for. Yeah. Um, can you give me, uh, is there anything from business school? Because a lot of architects don't have that. A lot of architects didn't go to business school. Anything that you took from school and you said, Hey, this is actually directly applied and I can see it either benefiting me more than people that don't have it. Or I was just happy that I got this piece of knowledge there. One thing I actually spoke about this earlier because we just did a tour on performing art centers uh, throughout uh, the valley here, um, and somebody was asking me something, and I don't remember the what it was about, but I ended up talking about business school, and to me, the biggest lecture that I got, and the 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 point that sticks with me the most is anything and everything is negotiable, and. If you apply that to school, if you apply that to work, if you apply that to your life, like you're going to succeed. You just you just know that you know, maybe you're you don't have the resources yet, resources yet, but if you're willing to negotiate things, you know, maybe not necessarily a barter system, but you know, hey, I'm going to sacrifice this to get this, then you're on the right track to success. Right. It's it. That's what it's about. You're you're not gonna you know unless you win the lottery. You're not. We're or we as architecture students aren't well off, ready to go into you know hedge fund manager type of role. Like we're we're scrapping and we're fighting for every cent, nickel, dollar that we can get. And it's like that every day. And if and if you understand that, then I think you can succeed in anything. Not just architecture, just in life in general. Like just fight and scrap for what you can get and and i don't think that's a bad mentality to have i think that's a good mentality to have right you got to be hungry and yeah. uh, a phrase that i like I, I think it comes from the football team my alma mater but i'm sure it doesn't right but it's stay humble and stay hungry yes. right stay so know that every time you're going into something don't just assume that you know you're going to make the sale right you can exude confidence but not don't come unprepared exactly. and then stay hungry Stay hungry exactly. for that. I think uh, a shout out to Lance here. He's always saying, uh, wake up like you're broke. 
every yeah. day. And I think that's great. That's the same concept. I mean, if if you're if you know that you're not what's the word? Not necessarily satisfied, but you know you want more, you just gotta go out there and do it. We live in such a great country where we can just succeed. If you wanna succeed, you'll succeed. You know, polit- politics aside, you work hard, you succeed. Right. Right. There's there's um one thing I'm going to touch on is F9. We have principles mm-hmm. and, and, and we have nine that are somewhat semi codified, but the respond quickly, be professional. And the last one's over deliver. But if, if you respond quickly, right. And you're professional that, that will get you so far. Absolutely. That will get you so far. I remember getting a call back. This was actually during the recession. I was working out in Montana. I was just doing manual labor uh, just for the summer, and then I, I think I was down at F9 like the next summer, and the guy called me back, and he's and he goes, yeah, you, uh, you were great. Like I had my notes to remember to call you back to to have you, you know, come back and help, and I did nothing special. I showed up <laughs> on time generally, right? <laughs> and I I just worked, and and like that is enough right. a lot of the times. So just kind of going back and and circling around to your first part on uh, a little bit about myself. So I I graduated with the MBA and my master's in architecture right in 2009. You know, the recession was hitting everybody. I had interviews, but nobody was hiring. So I just came back home. And uh, the first place I went to interview was a one-man shop, design, build. And he offered me a job on the spot if I didn't go to anybody else. He's like, don't go to your any more interviews. Just I'll hire you right now. And, you know, I was desperate. I was like, all right, let's do it. But, you know, ultimately it was a good decision. Design, build, what he was doing, you know, it wasn't the most glamorous design work or anything like that. But I was out on the construction side. I was learning from the people that were actually building these buildings. And I was also learning the design part as well and putting construction documents together and all that. And when it came down to taking those tests, like, I breezed through them. Yep. Uh, it was uh, seven tests in six months nice same same <laughs> lance was uh in six months and then i had to do it i did it a day faster just to be <laughs> just yeah. because you can schedule it and i knew because he did his first yeah. um it, what what's kind of crazy is i actually did the bridge where i did like four before and then two after oh, okay the when the 5.0 or 4.0 was yeah. coming in whatever yep. yeah or, or it, the five the five. Yeah. And I, I wanted to do that so that I could then speak to, to both both sides, sure. you know, the, the new guys. Um, and th- I got really mad, really mad when I failed one of them. So, like, I, I started memorizing just huge chunks of information. <laughs> just going, I just went overboard yeah. with it. Yeah. And then the last two, I was like, this is the simplest thing ever. Yeah. And it was simple, too, because there was uh, some, you know, like, it was details. I was like, right. oh, I can do details all the time. But... What, what I'm what I'm learning is some of the guys are taking it and you look at the, the test percentages of success. They've actually gone down and they've stayed down because they said as, essentially there would be a bump down because no one knows what's happening. Right. And then they'll pick it back up. Sure. But it's not really picking back up. And and, and actually, let's jump ahead. <laughs> I, I had this question. Uh, the AIA, and I know that that's an carb sure. and all that, but... It's actually not. They're separate. It's really weird. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was saying. They're separate. Right. So it doesn't directly relate. Right. Um, but let's just talk about the AIA. Okay. What do you What do you see as a benefit to you? You know, like why are you in it? Why Why do you like it? And then maybe what do you see its future as? Sure. Po- you know, either positive or negative. So as an as 
right out of school, I was gung-ho. I was like, all right, I'm going to join the organization. Uh, I wasn't in the student AIA or anything like that, but I was like, hey, I, I, need, to, I need to learn. I need to know architects if I want to be an architect. So I went to one of the meetings, and you know, it, it kind of put me off a little bit because it was real... Uh, it, a real group mentality. It was like all the people that knew each other, but they weren't letting new people in that that well. At least that's the way I felt. I'm sure some of my colleagues would be like, that's not the way we were. Right. But so once I got licensed, I was determined to, you know what? I want to be what they weren't for me, where I'm inviting young people. I want more people to just join this organization and the benefits that I see from the organization are, um, it, it, is, it is a group thing, but for example, here in Texas, our state organization, Texas Society of Architects, leads in the legislative uh, cycle of really, really lobbying our representatives for our construction and design industry. This year we were able to pass a few bills that are definitely gonna benefit architects, builders, and engineers. Um, and really, it sounds boring, but they really are protecting the, the, our profession. You know, I know you guys on your podcast talk a lot about automation, um, and, these, and, and for, it, it's definitely the future, but for us, we're fighting for what we have now and trying to protect our future as well so that um, a, lot of our, a lot of our members down here do a lot of gov government work. And what's been eating their lunch right now is uh, fraudulent lawsuits where an attorney will just show up to either a city or a school district and say, hey, you know what, uh, give me your plans from the last 10 years because that's our statute of repose here. Uh, and we're just going to sue the architect, we're going to sue the builder, we're going to sue all the engineers because it's, it's right before the, the, the statute is over. And if typically the insurance companies will settle out, so you'll just get money. We'll get money, you get money. Ter terrible, though. Like, ethically, terribly. Absolutely. Yeah. So this year, we, would, we were able to pass a couple bills where an attorney can't do that. If they're going to seek services like that, the municipality has to go out and seek uh, uh, bids or, or qualifications from different attorneys so that they can do that if that's the case. And any money that they get, any money that they receive from a settlement or from actually winning a trial has to go back to that building that they are suing for. That makes so much sense. <clears throat> because, because just think if you could make money by pointing out like errors and I'm saying quote unquote sure. because your different set of drawings and you could look course. at my drawings and you could be like why didn't you do that of course and, and I could do the same right. you know if you could make money that way isn't that a self the incentive is wrong so you change the incentive exactly exactly <laughs> and and that's to me that's one of the strongest points of our state uh, AIA uh, again it's not state AIA Texas AIA it's Texas Society of Architects they were just chartered in a different way but they're still part of the AIA it's just called differently and then we're a smaller chapter uh, of that so it's a hierarchy right you have the national AIA the state AIA and then our local chapter and our local chapter we provide continuing education for our members we provide meetings uh, our meetings are fun uh, typically we don't do like um, 
presentations where someone's just gonna learn for learning units. We'll go out to buildings that are just finished or finished within a year. Hear from the architect's perspective, hear from the builder's perspective, hear from the engineer's perspective. We have a great committee that just looks for these new buildings that are coming up and we'll just go out and visit them. Uh, we'll visit buildings that are under construction. Um, so it, it, keeps, it keeps our membership in the loop of what's going on. Uh, and then, of course, our membership hosts this uh, conference here on the island. You're on the beach. It's sunny. It's beautiful. It's great weather. It's, it's a great time. Everybody comes out here for the weekend, brings out their family, hangs out, gets some continuing education, gets to hear Mr. <laughs> Alex Gore over here uh, as the keynote presenter. And, and everybody leaves real happy, a little, little browner from the tan. Yep. Uh, so it's, to me, the AIA has been um, something of a, of a, of a group Man, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to get emotional here, but it's it's been it's been a, another family of nice. sorts. Very nice. And I can attest that the water is warm. <laughs> <laughs> I am going into the ocean tomorrow. It is going to be fun. Um, another opportunity that I think the AI can help on. I've seen this in our community from the real estate professional group. So when the city brings up an ordinance, and if you've listened to our podcast, we you know that we just love the city to death. <laughs> but it's not their fault that maybe them and the general public be the general public will vote on laws in Colorado right. too, probably right. here in Texas, same. And they don't know the different terminology. So yes, you could go in for a building permit, but it actually starts when you start site plan review. Do you have a site plan? Yes, review we do. Here? We do. Is it a horrible long? It depends on the city. See, that's the thing here. Right. You know, we're, we have different cities, we have different counties and then, if you're not in the city, you're part of the county, and then some counties are really close to each other, so one county overrides another, and they have different parts. And then to top that off, we're on the coast, and so we have a windstorm. Right. And that just changes everything. Uh, we have to get a windstorm engineer. So there are uh, issues you know, within cities talking to each other and within counties talking to each other. And for the state of Texas, you don't have to hire an architect. To design something um, unless it's 20,000 square feet or bigger um, which we're trying to lower that's one of the one of the objectives of our state legislature as well to try and lower that but you're right where it comes to our local chapter is trying to reach out to our local uh, leaders and government entities because I know some other chapters um, have reached out to where even if the state says it's 20,000 square feet, they have an ordinance that right. you have to hire an architect right. at 5,000 square feet or whatever, the, 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 a lower number. Yeah. So their ordinance calls out for that. And so that's you're right. That's, that's what the AIA should be doing. But ultimately, the, you are the AIA. So it's you. It's so funny. <laughs> you, you preempted me because... Because my point before you just said my what I was going to say is that our AIA doesn't do that. And I go, well, that probably should have been me. So that when I go to city council, I can say Alex Gore, AIA, vice president, you know, whatever. Exactly. So it is it is really on. on, it, on it's one of those it's things. It's on me. And then like take that as everyone listening. Of course. It's, and and it's one of those things. It's you get what you put into it. You know, um, 
I've I I feel I've put in a lot these last five years into the AIA. I've gotten a lot of it back. You know, it took some sacrifice, some family time, some work time, and all that. But it's 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 you get what you put into it, and we've we've pushed some things through legislature. Uh, we've grown our conference. We've we've just tried to get bigger and get more members and really push for our uh, students down here. So we don't have an architecture school down here, but we do have a local college that has an associate's degree, a two-year degree. Uh, I was teaching there for a couple years, and then it just got too hectic for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I took a year off this year. Um, so, But, you know, they're doing amazing things, and then some of those students just transfer out directly to the larger schools, and they're kicking butt out there. And, and you know, the stuff that they do down here is compares or is in the same level uh, as the, the big schools. So, you know, shout out to Texas Southmost College yeah. <laughs> Architecture School uh, and and the stuff they're doing. And, you know, we, we have to help these guys push these, these students in there. You know, yeah, we can blame the AIA. Yeah, we can blame the state. Yeah, we can blame national, all these things. But ultimately, if, if, if you as an individual have the urge to push for your profession that's on you do it let's go let's what, move 100 percent, 100 percent. so looking into the future what do you think are some of the challenges and then some of the opportunities for for architects and and try to hit on both man you guys hit it uh on the head every time you guys uh ask people questions you know the automation thing uh not sounding political, but I was hearing a, a podcast on uh, the presidential candidate, uh, Andrew Yang. Yang. Yep, Andrew Yang. You know, his, his ideas and his 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 stuff is out there, but it, it makes sense sometimes. And you're like, man, all this automation stuff has hit the manufacturing industry and it's, it's coming for us as well. Um, you know, I see that as the biggest uh, challenge that we're getting there. But, you know, we have a little bit of an age gap. I was I was talking to you earlier that, I'm 35 and I'm, I think, I, you know, I could be off, but I think I'm still the youngest licensed architect in our chapter. And there's a gap between me and then the, the next youngest is in their 40s. Like something happened, whether that was a recession, Probably, yep. you know, people didn't get licensed. And here within the next five to 10 years, a lot of our members are going to retire and we're gonna we're we're gonna need to fill that void, and uh, we're 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 pushing all these students to go out there, and whether that's a community college or go out to actual college, which will touch into the AIA or our chapter specifically, uh, gives out scholarships. Uh, this year we gave out nine thousand dollars to seven students, so uh, we're we're just trying to help as much as we can. Uh, we're we're a nonprofit. Uh, the money we we give out is money we raised. It's uh, again, we, we you get what you put in. We volunteer hours. We host golf tournaments. Um, we do this BCC conference. We just try and do the best with what we can do, and and try and get bigger and better, and and that's all we can do. Uh, but it, when it comes to architecture and the future of it, it's 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 automation and. It's it's gonna catch up to people. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. I, I do think uh, Robert Wygant of Sumex, and he's also he's been part of Bim Smith and Arcat. Um, but he stated, and I think he's correctly correct. It's gonna hit the engineers first because it's easier to program mathematical loads yep. th than design. And not that there isn't 
there will be it will come to design right um for sure there's a testfit.io right, right, right. and, and, and things like that but i i wonder if maybe the the generation gap might help a little bit because there might be a, a massive exodus and then these tools could help people in their well not mid-age because we're not mid-age but a little bit younger handle more of that that workload I know. I I think I understand what you're saying, and and really, it's are we gonna be ready for that? You know, uh, and are we gonna grab it? Are we gonna be able to use or it as someone, a tool? Is, is someone else gonna grab? Gonna it? beat us it, to it exactly. And, and I think that's the key because if we don't grab it, then okay, maybe someone younger will grab it and they'll still stay in the profession. But maybe a developer grabs it exactly. and then it just kicks you out. Yeah. But and, and that could clearly happen. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe a, a manufacturer or the lumber company grabs it. And just kicks you out. Yeah. So I do think you very poignant point. You have to be aware of it and stay on top of it so that you grab it rather than someone else. Right. It's the same thing like with with Revit and and the three D rendering software. I know there's there's firms out there that are still hand drawing you know three D watercoloring stuff, which is beautiful. I love seeing that stuff. But nowadays our clients are asking for three D stuff like within a week. Oh and yeah. So for you to be like let me hand draw this perspective and like, man, we don't have time for that. Let's go. Let's move. Let's just shoot out a 3D. Boom. Revit shoots it up quickly. You know, even SketchUp just to get a rough start. Right. Let's just move it on to the, the 3D, the, the Lumion and the Enscapes and just keep moving. And like, yeah. just I think one of the one of the things that the AIA uh, pushes is to educate our clients. And I think right now our clients are to the point where they're educated more on what to expect on deliveries like oh you're an architecture you should be able to give me 3d drawings right oh you're an architect you know you you should be pretty good at the computer so get me this stuff quicker yep so uh it's it's educating them that yes we can do stuff quick but we're also we we need some time you know design takes time good design takes time uh, absolutely. I, I, one of my guys was working on a rendering and he was doing some stuff in Photoshop because there's benefits to everything. Sure. Just like you said, there's benefits to hand drawings. Sure. There's benefits to Atari and Pong, right? right? But it doesn't mean <laughs> that you have, you have to stick with it. And I said, okay, in Photoshop, if you want to go in Photoshop, I'm not going to limit him. I go, you can only do five elements in it. He goes, why only five? I go, what happens when next week he says to move the camera over? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And then if you did 80 elements in Photoshop, all of those are gone. Right. But if you do it in Revit and Enscape and some of these other things, then it, it's not gone. Right. And I think he did like three things in Photoshop yeah. and that was it. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, I understand. Yeah. And, and see, and, and like I, I grew up uh, or I went through the college and I, you know, they taught us AutoCAD. They taught us a little bit of Rhino, a little bit of even like Z form. And, and then you had to learn Photoshop. That was one of the, the software that I've never, that I had never touched when I was in college. And then I saw everybody touching. I was like, oh, shit, well, I better learn this, you know, get on YouTube and learn. And, and that's the way I learned a lot of the software. And now I'm OK at, at, at Photoshop, but it's such a huge program. Like you can you can do, like you said, five or six really good things. But, man, it's it's so it's such a, a mammoth to tackle. But, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. And, and we'll we use it just to like fix uh the, the tints or the hues but you know nothing past that yep yep so we went as far as you got a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and you were in a design build yes so take us from there to you sitting in a hotel room 
looking out at the sea. Right. So because that was probably ten years ago, about eight, eight, uh, nine, ten years ago. Yeah, I guess ten years ago. Yeah, this is my tenth year in architecture, and so, um, so I was at that job for five years. The firm closed down. I went to work for uh, a well-known architecture firm down here that just does schoolwork. Uh, I was there for three years, um, and then it's funny because when I wasn't looking for a job. I was getting job offers and this engineering firm just kept hey man we need an architect we need an architect we're gonna grow we're gonna expand we need an architect I was like guys not right now I'm like I'm 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 enjoying where I'm at and they just kept nagging me and nagging me and they just made me an offer I couldn't refuse and so I've been working with engineers I I do architecture for them but what's what's cool about them is that they let me do my own thing so i have my own firm um when i don't do their their work i'll do my stuff uh you know and we're slowly starting to pick up which goes back to what we were talking about building relationships uh with contractors with engineers with anybody uh a lot of my work on my firm is from contractors that i've done in other jobs where they're like hey man i like the way you talk to me i like your drawings do you do your own thing? I'm like, yeah. It's like, hey, well, I have this developer or I have this whatever. This land. What? They just these these leads and they're like, yeah, man, just come on. We'll, we'll get you on board. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so, you know, slowly this this has maybe been about two years in the making of, of just doing my own things. And, you know, we've 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 done some pretty cool work. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Do you have a website? Yeah. Uh, it's in the works. I have a Facebook page. Uh, Linus Architects. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh well, great. How do you like working in the engineering firm? It's different, man. It's different. Uh, the culture is different. The office is different. The structure. It's it's different. But what I've gotten from them is they're all about billing. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sometimes. We're, I, I think all, all architects are a little guilty like, oh, should I send the bill in? You know, we really didn't do that much. These guys are like every week. Bill... One through ten, send it out. Yep, you know, and it's you got to do it. Even if they don't pay, you got to do it. You got to send out the bill. If they don't pay, next month you send the next one and the next one because uh, eventually they're gonna pay. And if they don't pay, then you got to figure out what your next step is. And and these guys are are really good at at invoicing people. And I've learned from that on on the invoicing part. Uh, they do all types of engineering from civil engineering, uh, to, uh, structural to MEP stuff and even some geotechnical stuff. And so, you know, I pick up here and there as architects, we're supposed to know a little bit of all these things, uh, yeah. so that, cause we're ultimately the lead and we make everything happen. Uh, so that's helped me as well. Um, you know, it's, I have a theory and I want to see if you think it's correct or, or have any additions to it because the question is, and is why are they okay with billing and why are we not as okay with billing? Because I think that is a true statement. And one reason I think is that with engineers, when it, if you simplify, if you oversimplify what they do, they're running calculations, right? No one else is going to run the calculations. The developer is not going to run the calculations. You're not going to run the calculations. No one's getting out the math book and, and doing that. Right. And they know it. So like, do you want the calculations run or not? It, it's, it's literally binary. Now, some of your work or, or my work or any of these works might be like, oh, what does that f facade look like? What do I want to do here? And then you might do it 
and it might take you a while and the developer might say move that window over there and sometimes they're right yeah so then you feel like oh man they're kind of they're semi doing what yeah. i'm doing not to the full extent they're never writing down a calculation in their life right do you think that that's why they're just like i don't care no one <laughs> absolutely i mean it's it's something tangible like Yes, we make tangible drawings, but it's tangible of their service. Our service is a little bit abstract sometimes. Like, hmm, you know. What's the best detail? Thinking of void, thinking of form, thinking of space. And, and you know, we, we lose track sometimes of our hours. Uh, I know I'm guilty of it sometimes where I'm like, oh, if I could just spend another hour thinking this window detail out. Like, yep. It's it's it happens and we just have to learn to put a time limit on it and it's hard. Yep. But and with with practice you'll get it. Yeah. And, and and my only thing we started this early and I think it's key. So we we use toggle. So if you're thinking about a time tracker it's toggle and and everyone uses it and, and gets into a rhythm. Um or else it would just it would be chaos yeah, for absolutely. us. Absolutely. You you need something to keep track. Um so for me, I'm a, I'm a one-man shop. So I'm actually more on, on alarms on my phone. Like, I have 20 alarms. Uh, nice. So if, if I'm working on something, I'll put an alarm or a timer and say, I'm only working on this X amount. And once the timer goes out, I'm done. I, I, I think that's a great <laughs> idea. That's a great idea. Um, is there anything else you want to leave our audience with? Um, any parting thoughts? Um, first of all, thank you for accepting my invitation out here, man. Uh, I think... What you guys are doing out uh, with your podcast and what are you what you're doing out uh, in the design and and building and the developing world is pretty awesome and it's giving us architects, um, for lack of a better word, a blueprint of that we can we can do all these things. It's not just limited to our design. It's not just limited to contractors or builders. No, we can build things. We can design things, we can develop things. And it gives us more power, it gives us more money, uh, it gives us just kind of our own uh, way of influencing uh, our communities. And that's what we need, you know. We, we all complain about the strip malls and the cookie cutter stuff, but what are we doing about it? Like, yep. you guys are doing something about it, and I, you know, I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it's people like you that are just uh, gonna help our profession understand that we're needed and what we do is important and what we do is good for the world uh, or for the community if, if the world is too much <laughs> yeah and, and, and exactly to echo on where you started is that the listeners of this and even if you're not in architecture what we're kind of saying as Lance and ourselves is you have a particular set of skills and those particular set of skills are not limited to you and the page. They can, it, it's interaction. It, it relates to all these different industries. So be confident that you've gained these skills and that they're, they're valuable. So, Absolutely. So cheers. So thank you. And, uh, and you'll get to hear Lance next week. Awesome. <laughs>